little quiet. You are just as loud as I am. No. Uh. Say something. <laughs> I refuse. Are you developing Say an older man laugh now? <laughs> I turned 30 and this is what happens to me. You're a character from King of the Hill now. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> what? The, the, what? The H comes before the W in that. I'll tell you what. What? Mm. Wow. Oh, the internet. Oh, squeaky. It's just because you're big. You've been gaining weight. No. Yes. No. No. I've been losing weight. It's the washing machine. It's the heat. It's the, for me. It's the, for me, for me. <laughs> why is your laugh annoying me today? I don't know. Today? Why, why? I don't feel like it's any different. <laughs> I guess because your laugh is normally like... Yeah, that's yeah, what that. I'm used to. Mm-hmm. We just got to get up to that level. <laughs> I don't know. What what am I doing wrong? You sound like a ventriloquist <laughs> dummy. See, that sounds more normal. I don't know. <laughs> like your name is Humphrey. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> got me. You can't cough on the pod. It's fine. You eat on the podcast all the time. No, I do not. <laughs> That's my ASMR. We can't just switch to an ASMR podcast all of a sudden. Let me show you something that I don't like. Okay. Let me go find it. Okay. But discuss. Oh, discuss while I'm waiting. <laughs> what do you want me to discuss? The fact that you do things. Oh, it's my podcast. I'm allowed to do it. Oh, okay. Whatever. Oh, shit. I didn't save it. Oh, shit. The worst. Literally the worst. That's okay. I'll forgive never you. Find it. You Maybe always I say that, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I do do that. I do, I do that. I do that. I do it. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, oh, other people have been searching for this as well. So that means you're going to find it. I, I hope so. We'll see. I spit all over my computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a great back and forth that we're having. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> huh? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm busy. <laughs> Hold on. I'm just sending a quick text. <laughs> do you remember when you were like 23 and your no. friends would do stuff like that? They'd be like, mm-hmm. Or was that just me? I think that was just you. Shit. Uh, because I would... Uh, the way that I text is I'm also listening at the same time. Usually. Most of the time. I want to say like 90% of the time. Unless it's you. Huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to find it. Anyways, this is this girl. She gets... She's, she has a piece of watermelon. She's filming and she comes up out of the water. And <laughs> bites the watermelon. And I don't like it. She was in water? Like yes. in a bathtub? Yeah. No, in a lake. Oh. Ew. And there's this watermelon sitting on like a pier or something like that? She has it underwater and she comes out of the water with it. Ew. 
So she's got lake watermelon. Remember whenever uh, Rihanna was dipping mango in um, the ocean and people freaked out? Ew, I don't know about anything about that. You didn't know? That was a big Twitter thing. I don't like it. And then Galveston was trending specifically because everyone's like, don't dip your, <laughs> your mango in Galveston water. Gross. That's apparently a thing. People in the tropics, and they're like, well, our water isn't fucking disgusting. I was like, actually, yes, it is. I do love that recently I was watching the news because it's supposed to be rainy. Um, I'm not gonna yeah, there was a tropical thing. And they were like, those tropical things. Galveston's really clear today. I was like, so what? It's dark green instead yeah. of brown? Yeah. The fuck? Whenever people are like, oh, it's so blue. It's like, no, it is a different color than brown. Yeah. It is not blue. <laughs> it is <laughs> murky <laughs> instead of uh, questionable. Yes. <laughs> Afraid that you're going to get uh, to grow a third arm? Maybe not so much currently, but you still will. Speaking of, get I think I'm going to go there for uh, this weekend. <laughs> in the water? Swim in the water a little bit, yeah. For what? To to be in the ocean? What, what's Do your you question? have to be in the ocean to feel what one with nature? Well, I mean, it is going to be like 100 degrees. Uh, and I don't want to just be laying on the sand. Well, let me ask you this. Uh-huh. It's going to rain. On Saturday. Tomorrow. Friday and Saturday, yes. Yeah, so you're going on Sunday? Yes. Oh, Monday's a holiday. Monday's a holiday? Oh. It's apparently Independence Day for some. For who? For people who have rights. Hmm. I wouldn't know anything about you that. You said the word of the day! <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. We don't, yeah, we don't know anything about that. <sighs> Should we take that now? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was just the, the perfect time to be like, oh, we love things. Yeah, we love that. We, we love, love everything. We love the, the things. Here's to the environment Here's, burning. Oh, there's that too. No environmental regulations. The federal agency cannot regulate federal things. Love that. At least we can pray. But only to Christianity, maybe. Well... They haven't. They haven't said that yet. We haven't. We we haven't had anyone fight about it yet. I've got my fingers crossed for Satanism. I was hoping for. Uh, there was what. Uh, there's one going around on on Twitter right now called Kali. Um, she's apparently like a super female, um, like destructive, uh, like evil thing. <laughs> Is that mine? Wee 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 wee. Anyways, uh, it is mine. What is it doing? Stop it. I feel like there's too much light in here. Yeah, I was feeling the same thing, but I didn't want to say anything because you were going to yell at me about it. So, uh, Don't you dare uh, come for my light story. Uh, I'm turning everything into a, a story. Yeah, your light story? Yeah, this is my light story. This is the story the of my light. Story of my light. Dang you, I feel anymore. like there was something else I was going to share with you about Pride. Oh boy! Oh yeah, we decided to go to a straight bar on Pride. What? What straight what? bar around there? The Anvil. Anvil. On, it's on Westheimer. It's How far? Past the McDonald's. Past the McDonald's. Yeah. Like oh, I think I've actually heard of that. The, the light bulbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there were straights in there. Uh huh. Were there also gays? Uh, we were there, so yeah. Okay. Um, we ordered uh, fun drinks and there was a man at the bar so there was this guy sitting down and he was dressed really nicely Um, and he was like ordering 
he was just sitting at the bar drinking. And have you? You don't go to straight bars. Some straight men dress up very nice when they go to straight bars because most of the time they have to. They have oh. dress codes. Men have dress codes at, at bars. Well, you at straight what bars. I was wearing. <laughs> No, not us. We don't have that. That's why, like, whenever I get invited to a straight bar, I have to ask, like, do I have to wear pants? And if so... Is I'm not it, coming. Is it... Well, first of all. Second of all, if so, can it be jeans? And if it's not, it's like, oh, Lord. Where am I... What is this? Anyways, continue. I'm sorry. So he was dressed really nicely, and he was just sitting there, and we, we got in the two seats next to him. Uh, did we sit down? No, I don't think we sat down. We just were ordering at the bar. Um, no, we sat down. So, yeah, we're sitting... Is this pertinent to the story? Kinda, I guess. <laughs> okay. So there was this guy, he was, like, so drunk. He was so drunk, and he was, like... What time was this around? I was still awake, 9 o'clock. Okay, valid, valid. <laughs> uh, and he was, like, hanging on the back of this nice, nicely dressed man's chair. And he was just, like... Did he know the nicely dressed man? No, I think he was trying to get his seat at the bar. And so we ordered our drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and the nicely dressed man was like, would you like to sit down? <laughs> and so he got up and the man sat down. And he was just like. Oh, boy. And I guess he tried to order something and the guy was like. Absolutely no. not. And then he fell out of the chair. <laughs> well, happy pride to him. And the, the guy who was nicely dressed caught him. I was like, that's a nice man. He's a nicely a dressed, nice, nice man. You are a gentleman, sir. A nice, nicely dressed man. I was like, because I would have let him hit the ground. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, oops. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I've also been there. I was going to say, we have both been there. <laughs> but it's so nice to be on the other side. <laughs> to watch it happen to someone else that's not me. Yes. Very pleasant. Very pleasant feeling. <laughs> Oh, yes. Like, no concussions or anything, but just, like... Just laying on the ground see for a second. see how the drunk people have their, like, limp bodies that somehow allow them to not get injured from these things? Yeah. It's kind of impressive. Well, that happened, and then I were like, I was like, we gotta go. We gotta go home. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that was your last bar? Yeah. Oh, it was a straight bar? Hmm. Hmm. And we went home. And, uh... Oh, so that. It sounds like fizz. Oh, it is. No, it's not. It's the washing machine. Okay. It just sounded like... Well, that was weird. Um, You're going crazy. I am. I was going to say something. Oh, so I... We left after seeing some drag queens at Ripcord, and we went to Buddy's. Uh, after we left Ripcord, I was like... We tried to get in Buddy's? There was a line. I'm not it was, waiting they in were, a fucking line. It wasn't a they line. Were, they were doing Yeah, searches. it was a security, the security line. But it was still like... 15 people deep. I wasn't going to wait in that. It, ours was too, but it took me like, took us like three minutes. They we went, went pretty fast. Barcode. Okay, fair enough. We should have gone there too. Um, because, uh, Coco! Excuse me. Um, yeah, so we went to um, Buddies. We got in Buddies. We got a drink there. And once we sat down, I fully was like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this place. Uh, I don't want to be, no, I just didn't want to be out anymore. Because I guess, like, everyone was done with the parade by this point, and I fully was just like... I had a similar feeling. Okay, I was like, I this doesn't that. feel like it used to. No, it doesn't. It, did, it didn't. And I was like, is it just because I'm 30 now? Or is it because I missed two prides in a row? Yeah, like, I don't know. What? Yeah. I have no idea what it was. But I fully was just like, I don't I don't want to be here. Especially because, it, like, it took way longer. Because the day was pretty smooth. I mean, it was... The Eagle was... 
crowded, but not like packed. And so it was easy to still move around. We could find seating. Uh, and we somehow got lucky and found seating at Buddy's. But it was so hot inside. And they had the, the garage doors closed. So they were obviously trying to cool it, it down. Cool. And it was not working. It was so hot where we were sitting. And I just like, um, I don't want to be here. So I was home at 1045 hmm. <laughs> on the night of Pride. And it felt amazing. <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't feel the same anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Like, even when we went out the previous time, it just doesn't feel the same. I was also kind of irritated because all I really wanted to do was see drag queens. And I saw everywhere that was like, hey, drag queen performance at 7 p.m., blah, blah, blah. And we were at the Eagle, and there was nothing. Uh, and then same thing with Ripcord. They, ha- I swear I saw somewhere that said it started at 8. Then I looked online, and I was like, oh, it's not going to start till 9. But then it didn't start until 9.30. And then they had, like, terrible performance performers. Well, shame on you for trusting drag queens. I know, for real. But see, if at least I knew it was 9, I wouldn't have showed up until 9.30. I had all my friends sitting there. I was like, oh, yeah, we got here at 7-something. We're going to see a show, the, the drag queen show at 8. That didn't happen. Made them sit even longer. And it was just like, <laughs> you know? Who was Savannah's friend? Caroline. That's my friend. Caroline. Well, and Savannah's friend. Okay. Caroline had a friend there. Oh, was... she she found some of her coworkers, yes. I guess it was her coworker. The male coworkers? Yes. Mm-hmm. He said that we look alike. You and I? No. Do... Oh. Me and him. Oh. I was like, His me and husband, you do look alike. No, we don't. I'm very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this guy said that we look alike. Forget that insult. Move on. (laughs) And he was like, you know what? We do. And I was like, this is an upgrade for you, and I will not have it. You Uh, have a Coheed and Cambria tattoo. I didn't see. I did not see. um, He's not going to listen. No, no, no. And even if he did, we don't look alike. (laughs) We're just white guys with dark hair. White guys with dark hair. Who's that? White white guys guys with dark dark hair. hair. (laughs) I'm Chris White, and I'm white. (laughs) And I'm Spencer. And I'm also white. And we're white guys with dark hair. Say it with me. Looking for my Looking for my dinner. Oh, gosh. Um, Yeah. And then I listened to Coheed and Cambria when I got home. Yeah. Because I had to. You had to. And I showed the girls. And I shouldn't have. That's fine. <laughs> they also have totally embraced what I used to listen to in high school. And so we were singing. Avril Lavigne. Oh, that was middle school, baby. <laughs> uh, like, Boys Like Girls, We the Kings, Cogan and Cambria. You know, it's pop punk. Mm-hmm. Maine. Back when you were uh, a scene kid? Oh, no. I just like the music. Yeah. I was here for the scene. And you had the, the hair. A zebra print. <laughs> but now, uh, every song that I hear, I have to do the 2010s, like... Uh, nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, so they'll be singing... Was, we don't talk <laughs> about Bruno. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. <laughs> That's terrible. And I love it. <laughs> I'm sure they're like... No, Raina started doing oh, it. Oh, they're, they're going to enjoy it as well? Okay, all right. She's probably like, I don't know what this means. It was like, you had to, you had to live through no, that era? No, I gave her the music. I was like, this is what it was. Oh, my God. They weren't even born during that time. They weren't. That's sad. I mean, not sad, but, you know, they're youngins. Yeah. 
We've lived through a lot. 2013 and 2014. Yeah. What was I doing at that time? Uh, I was in college. What were you doing? I was also in college. <laughs> I was in college for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like on. forever. I was also still in college. Hold on, keep going. Oh. <laughs> uh, hey, I was in there for five years. It's okay. <laughs> we I did it. I took a leisurely route. Yeah. But I had an excuse. I paid for it all myself. Oh, must be no. <laughs> no student loan debt. The last year I did take a loan for it because I was just like, I'm tired of it. <laughs> I don't like working and paying for this. Not helping. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Last year, I, The last year I paid for mine, well, mostly my own. There was still some loans in there. Just for fun. How much money did you take out? 36000 But hey, after paying $400 a month for six years now. It's only 38000 I have gotten it down to 25000 And if you do that math, that does not add up. Gotta love interest. Beep, 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 beep. I only took out eight grand. Okay. It's just a, it's a nice amount. That's a nice amount. It's, I mean, it's doable. Doable. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. If you if you add mine up, that's what four hundred times twelve is about five thousand dollars a year times six years. That is thirty thousand dollars. So I have paid off thirty thousand dollars worth, and it only went down ten thousand dollars. Isn't that crazy? What a terrible world we live in. Late stage capitalism. Late stage capitalism. It's all coming down. Let's Woo! go. When the purge comes, mm-hmm. who are you going after first? Um, Although I feel like in a purge scenario, we're, we're not um, the purgers. We're the Oh, no. We're, we're, being, the we're the ones being purged. Yeah. The ones with all the, the millions of dollars will be buying out everyone else to kill everyone else. It'll be a yeah. whole situation. I'm just banking on gay. 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 No, I'm gay. gay. I'm gay. gay, 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 gay I'm gay. in your side, okay? That's okay. Don't hate crime me. That's a hate crime. No, because there are no crimes. That's true. That is that is a hate, an act of hate. Do you want to be homophobic after this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, people will remember. People will remember that you are labeled as a homophobe. <laughs> yeah. Food so, for thought. Come on, Brian. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Chad. Oh, man. Classic names. Yeah. What you been thinking about? Uh, I uh, wanted to share some of my memes. Oh, yeah? What have I been thinking about? I, I have been thinking about, uh, w- well, late stage capitalism is a good one. Uh, I only actually, want the fun things. Oh, so the fun things. Um, fun, great things. We, uh, I killed two of my plants, and I am alarmed about it. <laughs> That's what I've been thinking about. <laughs> I've killed like 20 plants in this house. Yeah. I'm killing the grass right now. Uh, the, uh, there are giant patches of dead grass in the backyard. That's uh, technically not your responsibility. It is not because it, lawn care is not part of my responsibility. Is that guy alive? Uh, I ha- saw him yesterday. I Still saw no a car in the driveway. On his front porch. Oh, that's a dog bed. <laughs> but I have seen I think him. He sleeps on it. I have seen him in it before. <laughs> so uh, questionable. Anyway. <laughs> Casey Musgrave said, let's ye the old ha, shall we? Oh, Bette Midler said, uh, what did she say on Twitter that everyone got, oh, you're next gays. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's been memeing it with the Hocus Pocus trailer out. Oh, 
gonna be good. Yeah, and then uh, the the one that uh, uh, Catherine Nanjimi, she, she is uh, flying on Roombas. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Classic. No. <laughs> no, it's not classic. Yes. <laughs> uh, this old guy. <laughs> I got one Paul more. McCartney. <laughs> Paul McCartney says, "I've got one more surprise for you." This <laughs> 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 old guy, <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> well, because people uh, like in 2018 were like, because Kanye featured Paul McCartney on some track he did, and him like, and Rihanna. This is why I love Paul McCartney. He's bringing up new artists. He's just like giving new artists like. Room to shine. Kanye West is not a new artist. No, they're saying Kanye fans oh. are saying that about Paul McCartney. Uh, Paul Mc- Oh my god. Paul McCartney been around bitch. since like the sixties. Longer than that. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> petting your pet aggressively each time. <laughs> I do that to Bailey. <laughs> The fuck, bitch? <laughs> do. I do the Bailey sometimes. And uh, then... Literally is a beautiful time. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. I just snorted. That's a good one. <laughs> also... Literally. The new Radio Shack account. <laughs> where they... <laughs> What did they even say? If she, if you <laughs> girl she squirt her, don't marry her. You something. need to marry her. <laughs> and then they, they, somebody was like, "This is disgusting." I'm in a Radio Shack product, and this guy says, "Shack intern here. I just wanted to take a sec to reflect on my post. I know you're expecting him to say in my wildest dreams. I never thought that tweet would go viral, and to apologize, but I'm." But I did because I know that shit was fire as fuck, and we didn't get hacked. And no, I'm not fired. Buckle up, bitch. And then if you go and look through their tweets, all of them are fucking chaotic. (laughs) The squirter one did get deleted, but (laughs) there are so many more still there that I'm just like, holy shit. They have gone Who has, where is a Radio Shack? <laughs> There's got to no be idea. only like one left. But then I had to, it made me beg the question whether or not this is another situation with uh, the drag queen that changed, with the, the blue check mark that changed their name. Who was that that, uh, that did that? Oh, no, it wasn't Drag Queen. It was Patty Harrison. Oh. And she changed her name to Oreos or something. <laughs> I thought I was. She said there's only two genders. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she, no, it was Nabisco brand. It was just the parent company. <laughs> I gotta find them again. They were so funny. That's what I think. <laughs> That's what I think happens. It's so. so Vanilla wafers. It was vanilla wafers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna die. Oh my god. 
much. Party girls don't get hurt. <laughs> can't feel anything. When will we learn? <laughs> Hello, I am Sia the singer doing a social media takeover for Nilly <laughs> first today. There are only two times. <laughs> Oh I wonder if Sia sued them. <laughs> it's really awful. But she, she's doing it to be funny. Yes, she's an ally. Oh, man. She's, she's trans. She's Oh, yes, she's a part of the community. Then. She, she's coming. Oh, oh, now I'm sweaty. Oh, gosh. What you been thinking about? I already answered this question. (laughs) Wow. I also love... You know how my... I don't think this computer is actually connected to any actual weather phenomenon. Because I looked at it today and it just said flooding. (laughs) It could happen. Who knows? Excuse me. It was just so random. It was like... uh, Okay. Yeah, mine just started saying that. Aerial flood watch in effect. What? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, so what you been thinking about? I told you. You did. The Radio Shack employees. <laughs> that and, was good. Uh, <clears throat> literally. Yeah. And that woman eating that watermelon that I wish I could show you. Yeah. I don't, I don't have it. Now you can't find it. Now it's going to start showing up on my Twitter somehow. Oh, God. I hope so. It's really good. Now I'm going to be like, oh, damn it. Oh, wow. Oh, geez. So, wow. Uh, you know who else is part of the community? <laughs> um, yes, big bumps. Yes. Recent Gallup polls have shown that Americans have reported feeling stress, worry, and anger in the highest levels in over a decade. <coughs> While me. we are growing, can you stop? I know. Are growing more and more aware of the effects of stress on our bodies and minds, we may not have considered the effects that our stress can have on our pets. According to studies, there is a synchronization between stress hormones in humans and their dogs. If you are a dog parent, you probably know that your pup is very good at reading your body language and can quickly pick up on how you're feeling. We're always working to reduce our own stress in any way that we can. But what about the anxiety we may have passed on to our dogs? Big Bones has a solution. CBD has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs. And Big Bones has your dog covered. Made from organic, human-grade ingredients, and full-spectrum hemp oil, their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup. Check out BigBones.com for more information on CBD for dogs and other benefits it may provide. Big Bones offers free shipping on all orders over $25, and you can save 15% using promo code Spoopy15. Spoopy15. Big Bones is LGBTQ-owned and operated and is based in Houston, Texas. Big Bones probably donates 10% of all profits to no-kill shelters in the U.S. Need your bones ASAP or want to support small businesses? Baked Bones are now available at Man Ready Mercantile in the Houston Heights or at Man Ready Mercantile on South Congress in Austin. Baked bones. That's good. <clears throat> Love oh, that look, for it's us. back to flood. And oh, that's it. Didn't even say flooding. It just says flood. Flood. Just, it's <laughs> just individual flood. I would like one flood, please. Yep. Aerial flood watch. Oh, that's what it is. But just flood. How do you feel about? A biblical portion, proportion flood that just kills all the people that we don't like. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like that idea. That'd be nice. But what will the world be like without Amy Schumer? A much better. <laughs> I know. A much funnier, safer comedy place. 
Who else? Who else? And that's it. Who do I have an irrational hate for? Oh, wait, no. Um, what's the one that everyone, the transphobic one that everyone is, is um, mad at? Louis C.K.? No. No. He's just a rapist. He's just a rapist. Just a rapist. Hey, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I don't like rapists don't either. Like, I'm just going to say, we should not talk proudly of rapists in this podcast. I don't like them. I don't like them either. Who's the transphobic one? The, um... Is it Dave Chappelle? That no. one. Yeah. Is he? I think so, yeah. Isn't that? Wasn't oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a turf. Yeah. Well, he's not a female. He's a term. Term. Trans-exclusionary radical man. No, I don't think he's radical either. It's feminist. It's not female. Fe- oh, okay. Yeah, I guess he can be a turf. He's a feminist. Is he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. I don't <clears throat> delve into the inner workings of Dave Chappelle's nuances. Valid point. Valid point. What you been thinking? <laughs> that girl eating that watermelon and I need you to see it. I don't want to see it. It sounds disgusting. It, may, it sounds girl, like I'm going to gag. Some girl uh, put her video over top of it and said, um, girl, no. You're coming out of the water looking like a hippo. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm just here to eat this watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> But so also, why good. are people so weird? <laughs> I mean, I like that. I'm okay with it happening. We like. I don't like it. We like gay. I am happy with her doing it, though. There is an audience for that. Yeah. Remember the mukbang videos? Are they still around? <laughs> That's what I've been watching all day. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. No. Just copious amounts of... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bored with you with the food noises. I don't like them. That's fine. And the mouth noises. I didn't... Raina all the time will just be like... <laughs> don't do that. Ew. <laughs> Yucky mouth noise. You know I don't like mouth noise either. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, should we talk about spooky stuff? Sure! How, much, how long... How, how many lots of time did we go in? A half hour. Okay, that's perfect time. Um... <laughs> Perfect time to get to the, the meat of the podcast. <laughs> the thing that we actually do here. Um, <laughs> and I know that we're going to get distracted halfway through anyway, so. I'm not going to talk at all during your segment. That's a lot. Hey, stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, <clears throat> we're continuing down tier three on the serial killer iceberg. No, this is the depraved the, serial killer iceberg. Depraved serial killer iceberg. Cuz there's two other ones that are like even more people or like more obscure or like I don't even know. I've been trying to find it. But also different. like how does he, I still don't know how this person rated all of these uh serial killers. I mean this this one has some really gruesome shit in it. So I wonder if that's it's like gruesomeness of things. It's depravity. We're looking for depravity. The word of the day is depravity. You said the magic rain. No. <laughs> mm. All right. Let me just tell you what the other ones would be if I could ever find the image. Oh my god! I have it on my phone. Image. No, the other ones. Oh. Um. Do you know if Jr. still does? Um, uh, drag race viewing on Friday? I don't know. <laughs> They're the horrific serial killer, the monstrous, monstrous serial killer, and the depraved serial so killer. So we're on depraved? This is the depraved one. So we find out 
I don't understand how they sorted these, but that's fine. Anyways. Anyways. Well, we're on that. Um, and I'm going to talk about Dennis Nilsson. Nielsen? N-I-L-S-E-N, Nilsson? Nilsson. Nilsson. Not Nilsson. It's S-L-N. S-E-N. Nilsson. What do you think I've been saying, bitch? Oh my god, oh. my computer just said there's a flood. <laughs> I love that mine keeps going back and forth. It's cloudy. Flood. <laughs> Nearest rain is 21 kilometers away. <laughs> what? Aerial flood watch. Flood. Um, so anyway, Dennis Nilsson is a serial killer. Uh, since we're talking about the depraved serial killer uh, iceberg, I hope that you guys can make that assumption. Um, am I insulting our listeners' intelligence? No, mine. Mm. I didn't know. You deserved okay. it. Uh, well, Dennis Nelson was born in 1945 in Aberdeenshire. Oh, he's an an a uke, an ucker. Yes, and he's in Scotland, so that's where Aberdeenshire is. Um, his father was a free Norwegian forces soldier. Uh, so after um. The Germans took over Norway, which I had no idea that they made it that far north, but I guess I don't really know that much about German war history. I think they just, like, gave up. No, they they took over Norway. No. <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, because, I, did you ever read um, Number of the Stars? About the Jewish girl that lived in Denmark? No. And she had to sail to, to Sweden to get away from the Nazis? Well, yeah. So Sweden and Norway are not the same place. They're very close. You had to kind of go through Norway to get to Sweden. Well, she got there. <laughs> and I read that book, bitch. So don't fucking come at me. <laughs> you didn't. No, it's fine. Um, so. Yeah. So uh, his father's name was Olav. <laughs> Olaf, And his mom's name was Elizabeth. His parents divorced in 1948 because uh, Olaf did not view marriage seriously. Uh, he basically was like, well, I'm going to stay with the army uh, and, like, you can keep having kids and stay with your family. Uh, and I'm just going to, like, visit you every once in a while. And whenever I come home, more of a fuck. And then uh, you'll have another baby. So that's basically what happened. And so she had three kids. Um, so that made me kind of wonder, like, was he gay? And he was just, like, hanging out with all my bros and then fucking in the military and then come over and be like oh you just have to have a kid now to take a break from my male bonding yeah a lot of male bondage bonding what so um after the third child she left him and her parents oh, even no. even in the 40s were like yeah divorce him slay the house down this is this is norway bitch no they were in uh scotland this is scotland bitch <laughs> Leave him. Leave him. Get rid of him. Get him out. Um, yeah. And you can join the family plaid making business. What do they have? Gingham? Plaid. Plaid? Uh, sure. Kilts. Um, kilts. You can make bagpipes with your mom. Uh-huh. That's it, what everyone in Scotland does. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so... 
Uh, Nilsson then became really close with his maternal grandfather. Uh, he was considered a quiet yet adventurous child. They would go on long walks in the countryside as a family with his siblings and grandfather, who he touted as his hero. Uh, his grandfather's health declined in 1951, and the man had a heart attack while he was fishing in the Black Sea in October of 1951. Uh, at his funeral, his mother invited Dennis to see his grandfather in an open casket and told him he was sleeping and that he had gone to a better place. Uh, after his grandfather's death, he became more quiet and withdrawn from society and his own family. Uh, he would stand and watch the harbor boats for hours alone, standing, just watching things in the ocean. Uh, he also didn't really participate in the family functions very much and pushed away any affection that he was given. Uh, this led to more attention being given to his older brother, Olaf Jr., uh, and his younger sister, which her name I did not write down. Um it's probably... <clears throat> Elizabeth Jr. Svetlana. <laughs> Svetlana, that makes sense. Um, so he grew to resent the both of them and the fact they were getting more attention to him. But it was like, okay, bitch, you're not... <laughs> you're just watching boats. The fuck? You're, you're watching boats and not participating in anything. So why would anyone want to give you a hug? Oh, <laughs> Aww. I go, know gi go give him a hug. Go give him a hug. Not a, no, no. Um, his mother married a new, uh, a new beau, uh, named Andrew Scott, and they had four more children, uh, within four years. People just be having children. She, they, they just be fucking. She was pregnant every single year for four years. She's got, uh, with one of those kitchen style doors. Her her, vagina. Just, a, it's, it's a clown car. Just. So he resented his stepfather and recognized him as an unfair disciplinarian. Uh, as a young adult, he recognized that he was gay, which made him uh, not a He was a teenager. Damn. Yeah, another Again? gay, another gay serial killer. Um, which made him feel shame and confusion as he kept it hidden. Uh, he hadn't pursued any sexual contact with his peers, but on occasion with an A. Why do you keep picking the gay ones? I. We need to try to write it off the list and say that gay people are no not bad. No more gay serial killers. Um, so on an, on occasion, he was fondled by his older peers, uh, and he did not find the experience unpleasant, is what he said. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, his older brother also began to suspect that Dennis was gay, so he would bully him and call him Hen, which in Scottish meant girl. Henny. <laughs> What's your favorite book? Henny Penny. Henny. You fucking cigarette emoji. So I guess they could use the word the 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 F slur. Uh huh. But that then because there would be cigarettes and a bundle of sticks. Yeah, a bundle of sticks or cigarettes. I was like, okay. Um. So and instead, we're gonna call you a female chicken. A fanny. Hen. No, you can't say that either. Fanny is pussy. Pussy, yeah. Uh, so he found life in rural Scotland to be stifling, which... No. Why would you ever feel what? that way? It, it only snows... It is vibrant. It only snows 10 months out of the year. What are you talking they about? They got a great city life. Uh -huh. uh, 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 Lawrence, Lawrence Cheney. Uh, Aberdeenshire uh, sounds like a really popping place. Glasgow's nearby, I think, uh -huh. probably. Yeah. We know a lot about... Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So he found it stifling. At the age of 14, he joined the Army Cadet Force, which is like a young... It's a, a military boarding school, essentially. Um, he finished school in 1961 at the age of 17 and joined the Army to train as a chef. 
because apparently you can do that. Um, he later described his time in the army as the happiest time in his life. Uh, his hormones, of course, continued to grow stronger at the he age of 17. Uh, and he refused to shower in the company of others because he was afraid of getting a boner. Um, in, hey. oh. <laughs> we can relate. Been there. <laughs> I'm just gonna Whoops. not. I'm just not gonna shower. I'm just gonna not do the gym thing. Where my speedo? Yeah, just gonna walk this other way. Um, in 1964, he was stationed um, somewhere. <laughs> I didn't write it down. in the world. <laughs> and he and his peers were uh, considered a hardworking, boozy lot. Oh, we love a boozy lot. We love a boozy lot. Um, Nilsson often drank in excess to ease uh, his shyness. At one point, he and a German youth drank themselves into oblivion, and he woke up on the guy's floor. This apparently unleashed something within him, uh, with his fantasies of a younger, slender male being completely passive or submissive, which would only gradually evolve. Dot, dot, dot. Um, it also led him to start acting drunk around his colleagues on purpose, in hopes that someone would potentially also get drunk and take advantage of him. Uh, and he could take advantage of them, or they take advantage they of take him? They take advantage of him. Hmm. So, Yeah. We will dive a little bit further into this. He was stationed in the state of Aden, uh, which is an area in South Yemen. Uh, it was a, a, a previous British colony, um, which apparently led him to see some shit because it was apparently a very dangerous area uh, because they were... This is around what time? The 1967. Oh, okay. Uh, so one instance led him to being kidnapped in the back of a taxi car. Uh, upon the taxi driver stopping, Nilsson apparently attacked him back and locked the guy in the in the cab. Um, How do you lock someone inside of the car? Well, he was he was locked inside the car, inside the trunk. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? I'm just like. Oh no! I'm sorry. In, Shut the dark, in, driver's side door. In the trunk, you can't get out now. <laughs> no, inside the trunk. Uh, so apparently, after the attack, it kind of led to some darker fantasies for him to deal with. Uh, so bear with me here. He had his own room while he was stationed in Aden, and used a freestanding mirror to position his body so that it would look unconscious and. Uh, Prone is the word they kept on using. I, I assume that means submissive. Uh, and so that he could see, like, his full body. And the way that, I guess, he would position it, it looked like it was just, like, a dead body. His own body was a dead body. So he would position his head outside of the mirror so that he could feel like he was both the dominant and the submissive partner and visualize himself having sex with another man. Having sex with himself. If that makes any sense. It's, it was, it's weird. Uh, so add this with his near-death experience and the dead bodies that he had seen in Aiden, uh, and now we have some really weird dark fantasies brewing. Um, throw in a painting called The Raft of Medusa, which he claims he often fantasized about. We've got some real problems. The Raft of Medusa is an older, gray-haired man, man holding a limp, nude body of a young man sitting next to a dismembered corpse of another young man. His interpretation of this painting is that this old, dirty man uh, decided to wash this boy's body and and have sex with it, uh, and... That's literally not what's happening. That's not picture. what's happening in this photo at all. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But, I've seen a video about the artist that did this. Yeah. Well, keep I, going. I assume it has to do something with, like, war, and they're, like, trying to 
save the body. I don't. I have. They no were idea. shipwrecked, and the only person that's still like trying to save them from death is the the slave on board. Oh, I gotcha. He's trying to flag off this ship that's in the distance. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, well, then that's no. This is a different photo. Is this the same photo? Yeah. Okay. That's happening down in this corner. Oh, okay. So it's just a part. Well, this is. The- he looks like oh fuck. Oh fuck. We about to die. Yeah. So that's what what he had. Um. So yeah, he was very. He, he's a dark, a dirty, gray-haired old man who washed his body before engaging in intercourse with the the spread eagle corpse. Is his interpretation like that's literally not happening in this photo? The fuck. It's not happening in this photo. He's not even like. <laughs> He looks bored. I have no idea. Yeah, his interpretation was fucking weird. Um, and a stretch. Yeah, I don't know. So he finished his servants service in Aden and was stationed in southwest England and then transferred to West Berlin, where he had his first sexual encounter. But it was with a female prostitute. Aww. And he called the experience overrated and disappointing. With a... A, a West German prostitute? What, or a sex worker? He, he mostly meant just with a woman. I feel like that was, if you were going to get a prostitute, that's the one to get. Yeah, yes. (laughs) But also, he did call sex with a man not unpleasant. (laughs) Just tell us what you like. (laughs) Well, no, don't tell us what you like, because it sounds, it's it's going to be messy. Um, So then he then finished his military service in 1972 and moved home for three months. So he's back in Scotland, briefly. Uh, While there... His mother was a lot more concerned with his lack of female companionship than him not having a career path. So she so had a mannequin to, to put in the closet. Honestly. Um, so he's by this point, what, 30? No, he's not even 30. But he can't do math. No, he's, he's 25. Yeah, he's, he's 28. 27. 27. <laughs> final answer. Um, so this is 1972. So yeah, he was born 1945. So he's 27. Uh so he's not that old, but then again in the seventies, like, ooh, you need to be married by like. You're about to die. Yeah, in like early twenties, you gotta, you gotta find, you gotta find. You should someone. have like fourteen kids by. Uh huh. Exactly, and she did. <laughs> um. So she was like, uh, "Yeah, you don't have a, a wife, and that's shocking that's to me. Literally gross." Mm-hmm. So uh, at this point, he and his family watched a document document documentary documentary about gay men, uh, which apparently everyone was like, "What the fuck was that? This is nasty, blah blah." And, and he, he had a massive boner the whole time. Oh, probably. What is this? Me watching Brokeback Mountain with my family? <laughs> gay. <laughs> well, no, because the <laughs> cinematography is really good. <laughs> no, I remember my family fully like was watching Brokeback Mountain, and I like. I was like, oh, I don't want... Because I'd heard about it. Because I think I was in high school by this point, And I was like, I don't want to watch this because I know what will happen. Uh, and I was like, no, I'm just going to play video games upstairs. Like, literally my entire family watched the movie and I did not. Yeah, I think that... <laughs> my brother burned a copy of the movie for some reason. So we had a burnt copy of it. And, uh, yeah, he watched it once, I guess, maybe. Uh-huh. And then my parents or watched a lot. it once. And I was like... <laughs> The CBD's gone. Where'd it go? Oh, no. At night, just head underneath the covers. No. <laughs> Close your laptop. <laughs> Love that. Uh, yeah, so while uh, his entire family was talking shit about it, he uh, adamantly defended gay rights. Well, then during this fight, no, during this discussion, a fight broke out. And during this fight, his older brother told his mom that he was gay, that Dennis was gay. Um 
And so he got PS'd and never spoke to his older brother again. And rarely talked to his mother except through uh, sporadic letters. So he was like, I, I'm out, bitches. Uh, so he took a job with the Metro Metropolitan Police in London and uh, moved to begin training in December of 1972. Uh, he finished training and missed the camaraderie of the army, uh, which I'm like, okay, you just missed the boys. But that's fine. Um, he drank alone most even evenings until he started going to gay pubs and having casual encounters with men. Uh, having uh, He viewed these encounters as soul-destroying uh, in which he would only lend his only lend his partner his body in a vain search for inner peace as he sought a landed, lasting relationship. So Ew, shut up. He, yeah, he was like... Uh, yeah, he's, I only gave my body away so that I could find something longer, last. Shut up. Just have sex and get over it. Um, so after uh, many failed relationships and his father, no, after a failed relationship and his uh, birth father dying, he left the police force in December of 1973. So he was there for a solid year. Um, he then worked as a security guard until May of 1974, so a solid six months. And then he became a civil servant. Uh, later promoted to an executive officer, which he kept until his later eventual arrest. So he worked at this, um, worked for the government. So in 1975, Nilsson encountered a man named David Gallican, uh, being threatened by two men in front of a pub. He stepped in and took David to his room, where they talked and shared alcohol. They agreed to live with each other, and Nilsson found a place using money he had received in inheritance. The place was on... Melrose Avenue. Um, and the reason why this is important is because it's important. So, yeah, so he received inheritance and he used that to, to buy the, lar well, to pay for the larger area. They still had a, a landlord, but this larger place had, they negotiated having a, like, back garden area and being able to use that back garden area. And so I'm like, okay, how big was this lot? There are going to be bodies buried back there. No, but I'll explain. Um, so Nilsson viewed himself as a breadwinner in this relationship, uh, which in which within this relationship, they had literal little sexual relations. Uh, they kept sleeping in different beds uh, and started to bring home other casual sexual encounters. Where I'm like, did you guys like DTR or not? Like, what's the define the relationship? Um, what is DTR? Define the relationship. <laughs> You never heard that? No. It's like, okay, what's the DTR? Did you define the relationship? Uh, no. Oh. How are you gay? Uh, <laughs> that was al that's always a thing. No. no? Yes, it is. I just said, are we boyfriends now? <laughs> yeah, that's you defining the relationship. But I never said DTR. DTR. It's always like, okay, with this casual encounter. Oh, the phone's telling me to go to bed. Oh, it's 9.45. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's sleepy. Uh, so, so, yeah. So by 1976, they were having verbal arguments in which uh, Nilsson was apparently verbally abusive, uh, but though he was never physically abusive, confirmed by Gallican. Uh, after they broke up, over the next 18 months, Nilsson would attempt three other failed relationships and began living a very solitary life, and by 1978, he spent most of his time working overtime or drinking heavily. So, now that we've talked about 
<coughs> oh my god, shut up. <coughs> Disgusting. His upbringing and his youth, we, um... Get gonna, to the murder. Yes. We get to talk about his first victim was a 14-year-old Stephen Holmes, uh, who he met on December 30th of 1978. Nilsson met Holmes at uh, at a pub. As a pub. <laughs> he was a pub, and then he, he turned was into a, 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 a real boy. Um, at a pub where the young teenager was attempting to buy a drink unsuccessfully, uh, Nilsson had already been heavily drinking by this point and invo- invited Holmes to his home for a drink and some music, believing that this guy was actually 17, um, which I don't know that's any better uh, still. Uh, they drank and passed out until Dennis woke up in the morning, and after caressing the sleeping boy, uh, Nilsson decided Holmes was going to stay with me over the new year, whether he wanted to or not. Uh, He grabbed a necktie, straddled Holmes, and then strangled him until he was unconscious. Then he drowned him in a bucket of water, washed his body in a bathtub, uh, then put him back in the bed, caressed his body, and then masturbated twice over the body. Uh, After rigor mortis had passed, he buried him under the floorboard where the body remained for eight months until he finally burned the body in a bonfire in the garden behind his flat. So, on October 11th of 1979, Nilsson attempted to murder a student from Hong Kong named Andrew Ho, who he had brought back to his home promising sex. He tried to strangle him, and uh, Ho managed to flee and report to the police. Nilsson was questioned in relation to the incident, but Ho decided not to press charges. Two months after... Because he's afraid of being outed. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, I can't be, like, talk... I'm not gay. You know, but I went back to this guy's house to have sex. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, excuse me. So two months after the attempted murder of Ho on December 3rd of 1979, Nilsson encountered a 23-year-old Canadian student named Kenneth Ockenden, uh, who was visiting relatives. After learning he was a tourist, Nilsson offered to show Ockenden uh, several London landmarks, which Ockenden accepted. He invited him to his house, promising food and more drinks, and they stopped by a liquor store and bought rum and whiskey and a bunch of other shit, uh, and then strangled Ockenden with the string from some headphones that Ockenden was using to listen to music. He then dragged him across- Hold on. They had headphones? That's what I was trying to figure out. This was 19, almost 1980. Did they have, like, Walkman back then? No. Did they, what, what were they listening to? CD players? I mean, I guess you could have plugged headphones into, like, a stereo. But I feel like headphones would have been, like, ooh. Well, they were definitely, really like, fancy. those big, bigger, like, than these things. But I don't know. When, when were, were headphones, invented? headphones invented? I guess it's not that crazy. Apparently like, 1891. <laughs> well, I was wrong. <laughs> it's just speakers that are, like, you cover your ears. Yeah. With. Mm, no. Headphones, Wikipedia. Let's go take a look. Just going on back, going on back. What did they use them for? And uh, none of this is useful. The Walkman was around in 1979. Wow. 
That's an expensive thing. They had a radio that was released in 1964 that you could use uh, that had a, a connector. So, yeah, the headphones were apparently around. So, yeah, he used him. And he strangled uh, strangled him. And as he was strangling him, he used these headphones, headphone wires, dragged him across the floor, uh, and poured himself some rum, and then used the headphones and listened to music. So after he had just dragged this guy across the floor until he was unconscious, he then just got uh, some rum and drank it and then put those headphones on after he just killed him to listen to music. That's uh, psychopathic. I mean, all of this is already psychopathic, but like, I don't know. This is just a level of weird. So uh, the following day, Nielsen purchased a Polaroid camera and photographed Ockenden's body in various suggestive positions. He then laid Ockenden's corpse spread-eagled above him on his bed as he watched television for several hours before wrapping the body in plastic bags and stowing the corpse beneath the floorboards. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hmm. On approximately four occasions over the following two weeks, Nielsen uh, would bring the bo- bring Ockenden's body back out from beneath the floorboards. And put it on uh, himself again? And seated the body upon uh, in a chair by by him and then watched television and drank alcohol. So it felt like he was had company. What the fuck? So for two weeks, he was bringing out this dead body to sit it up and... Hang talk. out? Yeah, hang out with it. Um, Nilsson killed his third victim, which was a 16-year-old Martin Duffy, on May 17th of 1980, who was a student that had hitchhiked to London after being questioned by police for evading a train fare. Uh, he had slept at that train station for four days before he encountered Nilsson, who offered him a meal and a place to sleep. Uh, if you hadn't eaten or done anything for four days... Uh, a meal and a bed to stay in sounds pretty nice. Uh, so after Duffy had fallen asleep in Nilsson's bed, Nilsson fashioned uh, some ligature around his neck, some type. They didn't define what it was. Uh, and then sat on his chest, tightened the ligature with great force, and then held his grip until Duffy became unconscious. He then dragged the youth into his kitchen and drowned him in the sink before bathing with the body. Duffy's body was first placed in... Uh, in a kitchen chair, and then on the bed on which he had been strangled. The body was then repeatedly kissed, complimented, and caressed by Nilsson, both before and after he had masturbated uh, while sitting upon the stomach of the corpse. For two days, Duffy's body was stowed in a cupboard before Nilsson uh, noted signs of bloating, and then after that, he was put underneath the floorboards. Following Duffy's murder, Nilsson began to kill with an increasing frequency. Before the end of 1980, he killed a further five victims and attempted to murder one other. Uh, so when was Duffy's? Duffy's was uh, May. So I guess the next six months, he tried to he killed five more people and uh, attempted a, a sixth. Uh, one of these victims whom Nilsson murdered was 26-year-old William Sutherland, uh, who had been identified. The other ones have not. Uh, so Nilsson's recollections of the unidentified victims were quite vague, but he definitely graphically recalled how each victim had been murdered and how long the body had been uh, kept before he cut it up. Uh, one unidentified victim was killed in November, and apparently, as Nilsson noted, that as he was strangling him, he kicked his legs in a cycling motion. Uh, Nilsson is known to have uh, taken off work between November 11th and November 18th, which was likely because of this particular murder. 
another unidentified victim, Nilsson, had excessively attempted to resuscitate before he fell to his knees and began crying before he then stood up and spit on his own image while looking in a mirror. So he tried to, he, he, I guess, got this person unconscious, but by this point he had really actually killed him and was like, oh shit, like, let me try and bring him back. But I was like, okay, why would, uh, it's, I don't know. You've already killed four or five people. Is, this is, would be his sixth, yeah. No, four, fifth, yeah. So, yeah, you're know. in love with this one? I don't know. Uh, on another occasion, he had apparently laid in bed alongside the body of another identified victim as he listened to the classical theme fanfare for the common man before bursting into tears. So he was making himself emotional about these people now. Uh, inevitabil- uh, in- inevitably, uh, the bodies underneath his floorboards started to smell and attract bugs, uh, particularly in the summer months. So on occasion when Nilsson had brought his victims back up from the floorboards, uh, he did make note that the bodies were covered in uh, baby maggots and pupae uh, and maggots. Some of the victims' heads had maggots crawling out of their eye sockets and mouths. So he still has a roommate at this time? No. This is the time that his his roommate had moved out. Okay. And he tried three more relationships. And that was by the time by the time that all three of those ended, he was like, "Yeah, I'm starting to kill people." Yeah, he lives by himself. Um, so he tried to place deodorants underneath the house uh, and beneath the floorboards, and he sprayed insecticide in his house twice daily. Um, but the <clears throat> which that's a lot of fucking pesticide. Also, in 1980, it's like. Those pesticides ain't regulated, baby. Roundup, bitch. Uh-huh. You, you, well, Roundup is regulated. Um, not in 1980, it wasn't? Oh, no, absolutely not. Uh, so, That's yeah. So you get uh, whatever the disease they had in Aaron Brockovich. Oh. Aaron Brockovich. I never watched it's that. It's a great movie. Oh, okay. Julia Roberts. Yep. So uh, the smell of decay and the flies never went away. Uh, so in late 19... 19- <laughs> that's so crazy. You got five dead bodies underneath your floor. Which I'm still like, okay. How are you getting there? I don't understand. You just peeling rem- up the floorboards. Uh, 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 apparently. I don't, just That just doesn't seem easy to do. Um, so in, in 1980, he... Uh, late 1980, he removed and dissected the bodies of each victim that he had killed since December of 1979, which is all of his victims so far. So that's, what, seven people? Uh, and burned them in a communal bonfire, which he had constructed on the waste ground behind his house. So this garden area, he just set a fire. That That's what I'm saying. Like, how big was this lot that you could just have a giant bonfire in the back. Full of bones. Full full of bones. The bones don't burn. We'll explain. I'll explain that. Um, I mean, if you get it hot enough, they do. So the way that he got it hot enough. It's not going to get hot enough. The way he got it hot enough was that he was putting tires on it. And that's also how he kept the smell of burning flesh away. So he was, because if you burn rubber, that burns really hot. So if he was able to melt the rubber, then it was, it was, it was burning. Um, so those were getting hot. Uh, so, oh, sorry, six. He did, so to hide the smell of flesh, he put, uh, car tires on there. Um, 
Three neighborhood children stood to watch this particular bonfire, as he noted. Uh, He later wrote in his memoirs that he felt it uh, would have seemed in order if he had seen these three children dancing around a mass funeral pyre. So he was just excited to see children around his uh, fire burning people's bodies. Uh, So when the bonfire had been reduced to ashes, he raked through it to find any debris of recognizable bones, noting that he did find a skull that was still intact. He smashed it to pieces with his rake. So any larger bones he broke apart, um, but most of the things were, were burned away. So on or around January 4th of 1981, he encountered another unidentified man whom he described for investigators later as an 18-year-old blue-eyed young Scott at a pub in Soho. Uh, He was lured to Melrose Avenue, his home, upon the promise of partaking in a drinking contest uh, after Nilsson and his... um, the young Scott had consumed several beverages. Nilsson strangled him with a tie and subsequently placed the body beneath the floorboards. Surprise, we're back. Nilsson is known to have uh, told his job that he was sick and unable to be at work on January 12th so that he could dissect both this victim and another identified, unidentified victim that he had killed about a month earlier than that. So, on April, uh, by April, Nilsson had killed another two more unidentified victims, one of which he had described as an English skinhead, which is a group of people in England, uh, not the same kind of skinheads that we know about, which is like Nazis. No, I think they're the same. Um, but they're like... Punk, they, they, were, they look like punky biker gangs. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um... So, and then the other one was, uh, he described as uh, just Belfast Boy, uh, which was a man in his early 20s uh, whom he had murdered sometime in February. In relation to the first of these three unidentified victims, he later casually reflected, end of the day, end of the drink, end of a person, floorboards back, carpet replaced, and back to work at Denmark Street. So it was just so, like, routine to him. It's okay, well, we finished the day. I finished my drink, and I killed a person. Uh, then I took the floorboards up, carpet replaced, and then – or put the put the floorboards back, put the carpet back in, and then I was back to my job, which is so just bleak. Uh, in the following month, so May, uh, Nilsson removed the internal organs of several victims stowed underneath his floorboards. He discarded these innards uh, both in – the waste ground behind his his house and uh, in just the the trash, so he was just fully like, okay, throw this shit away. Because I think he was trying to uh, mask the amount of uh, decay, and so he was taking out the organs. It was like, oh, maybe that's the the part that's the worst. I don't know. Uh, so the final victim to be murdered at the Melrose Avenue was a 23-year-old Malcolm Barlow, whom Nilsson discovered slumped against his wall uh, outside of his home in September 17th of 1981. When Nilsson was uh, when Nilsson asked him what was happening, uh, the guy um, told him that his medication made his uh, his epilepsy medication made his legs weak. Uh, so Nilsson was okay. Well, let's go to the hospital uh, and help him walk into his house before calling for an ambulance. The following day, Barlow was released from the hospital and returned back to Nilsson's house, apparently to thank him. Nilsson invited him in, and after eating a meal, he uh, began drinking rum and coke with him before falling asleep on the sofa. 
So Nilsson then manually strangled Barlow as he slept before stowing his body underneath the kitchen sink the following morning. By mid-1981, Nilsson's landlord was like, hey, uh, you gotta go. Uh, I'm trying to renovate this property. So Nilsson was initially very resistant to the proposal because he had dead bodies underneath the uh, floorboards, uh, but accepted an offer of 1,000 pounds uh, from, what's the little E? That's pounds, right? Yes. The E with the flat bottom, but the round top? Yes. Is pounds. Okay. Um, from the, the landlord to vacate the residence, he moved into an attic on in Cranley Gardens uh, in the Muswell Hill District of North London by October 5th of 1981. But the day before he vacated the property, he made another bonfire uh, and dissected the bodies of the last five victims that he had killed and burned them in a bonfire in the garden. Again, he uh, made sure the bonfire was uh, combed through. Oh, I'm sorry, was crowned with old car tires to disguise the smell of burning flesh. Uh, he had already dissect, dissected four of these victims' bodies um, and only needed to complete the dissection of Barlow for this last bonfire. So that's where I'm going to stop tonight because there's a lot more and I wanted to pause for you <laughs> because there's a lot of shit that goes down even more. Wow. Yeah. And that's not even all of the murders. <clears throat> so I'm going to leave that on a cliffhanger and talk to you about it next week. I don't like it. <laughs> Not great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh hold oh. on. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, no, I literally can't believe that. Yeah. That's crazy. I let it go. Okay, let me put this on. No, because I want to talk. It's oh, okay. my turn Oh, are we recording already? We've always been recording. Oh. I didn't pause it at all. <laughs> we were just gone. Like, oh, sorry. They could hear me. No, like, no, oh, I can't read. I can't. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> just, just, just this in the background. Okay, but that's not abnormal for our podcast when it's like one of us is on the microphone and you're over here. It's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> not anything abnormal. We are very attentive people. Yep. Hmm? Guess who's not attentive though? Guess who's back in the house? Who? Carl Panzram. Panzram. Panzram? What are those? What are those? Carl! Carl's not a good name. No, it's not. I have a great uncle named Carl. Oh. He's cool. <laughs> I've met him a couple times. He's great. <laughs> I have an uncle, Ronald. He has a farm. Yeah, yeah, yo. His last name was White. Yes. <laughs> Ronald White. Ronald White had yeah. a farm. That doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. Well, just call him Uncle Ronald because he is Uncle Ronald. He's technically great Uncle Ronald, but... The song is not Uncle Ronald had a farm. What is it? Un Old McDonald. That's close enough. <laughs> the so, fuck? Uncle Ronald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> fuck you, Uncle Ronald. <laughs> no, this shit is about Old McDonald. Okay, but this is Uncle Ronald. No, fuck, fuck. Uncle I completely Ron. forgot that it was. <laughs> it's old all about McDonald. old McDonald. How old was he? We don't even know. How old was he? It's like forty-three. Uh, no, he's great uncle. Uh, oh, he's my grandpa's age, so seventy. He still has a farm, and he's still running it. What is? What does he farm? Uh, I don't know. Cows, weed, corn. 
I don't no. know. He does a lot of He's shit. He's got a weed farm. I, I probably did. I ever tell you about that that lady that I met in uh, at the my flooring job that had weed in her bathroom? I think so. She had like dried weed, the drying weed, and she it, was like, "You want some?" She did. Yeah. So uh, we. She also had a, like a whole like back lot that she had just this. Uh, nursery of plants and then she sent me home with this big old thing of just like little plants that she just oh you want these you want these Raynell was with me too why didn't you shit Raynell get the fuck out of here I, yeah I don't know it was a comfortable situation with Raynell because he's <laughs> yeah it was interesting because we were up looking upstairs at replacing her carpet and then she's like oh I also need my bathroom like looked at she then she's like oh no I can't let you in there and Renelle was like, oh, jeez, we can go in. Like, don't worry. And then and he went in without her out saying it was okay. No, he didn't. She did not let that happen. But she's like, okay, well, you know. Uh, and then before we opened, she's like, you guys know any cops? <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. And the second she even cracked the door, I was like, oh, that's weed. <laughs> that no, is There's a dead weed. body. Yeah, for real. Uh, opened it up. She just had, like, weed plants just hanging over her shower curtain rod and like just hanging in the window like everywhere just like drying uh and she's like explaining that she has like a farm uh, out in like um i think she said east texas or, or like northeast or something like that i love that she's just so trusting like she, girl you're gonna get arrested he, oh fuck. yeah exactly showing two people from a flooring company yeah she was nice she offered us some and I was like, no, I can't. You should have taken it. I should have. Because I bet that was some sh- some fresh shit. <laughs> fresh. Fresh. Dried <laughs> marijuana. Uh, but yeah, that was a, a, a situation. Wow. Wow. So Anyways. Carl Panzram uh, was from East Grand Forks, Minnesota. 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 You should have, we should have done this before I was telling my story because you would have plenty of time to. <laughs> oh shit, we'll keep going. <laughs> so, anyways, crazy? I'm just kidding. We d- I didn't land the job, so that's okay. I keep seeing this thing on uh, the tweeters of these people using this sound, and it's like. The Twitter guy or called. TikTok? Uh, I think Twitter. Yeah. It's like this guy calling, he's like, hey, what you doing? That's what crazy. What are you thinking about? <laughs> anyway, so what, you're at work? That's crazy. It's just saying that over and over again. That's so what crazy. are you doing? That's crazy. Well, I feel and like you're at work. That's crazy. I feel like that's how most straight men talk, though. Like it's it fully just like a, um, a, oh, what what you doing, baby? And then she's like, oh, you know, doing work or whatever. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Basically, he's only talk, talking to uh, the woman whenever he's horny. For lip service. Just to be like, oh, no, we talk all the time. Yeah, but it, it's just, but the conversation was like, LOL, or something like that. Like, yeah. There, there's a lot of people out there in this world that do not know how to have a, a conversation. I know. And then they're all like, I don't I'm like. one of them. I, oh, I don't like surface. <laughs> I don't like surface level conversation. It's like, baby, if you don't like that, do you want me to just come out the gates and say, uh, what's your deepest, darkest secret? Or, or you tell me uh, what trauma you had as a child? Is, you want, is that how you want me to start the conversation? See, I think about sometimes like when we're all sitting here at the table and you all are agreeing with something. 
and you've talked about it for 20 minutes. Yeah, we're all saying <laughs> and the you're same all thing. saying the exact same thing. Maybe nuances of somebody's bringing up a different point to also bolster bolster the the idea of we're all agreeing with the same thing. I'm like, am I just like not doing conversations right? Yes. Like, should I be arguing and like agreeing and all this? Yes. But then other times, <laughs> when people have like no information to back it up, and I'm like, no, you can't just you can't just say that. Yeah. I don't want to argue with it. I don't want to argue with them. About but then you're it. just like, yeah. No, I'm just like, no. And I don't care to clarify. Does that make me dumb? No. Am I the dumb one? No, it just means that you're not willing to argue. About nothing. Yeah. I don't want to argue about anything. I mean, you and I have great conversations. They're about nothing. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> That's my favorite part about our conversations is that we haven't accomplished anything. We really, we really don't. It's just fully just like, well, we just talked for, earlier today. We talked for 30 minutes. Did we talk about anything? Did we talk for 30 minutes? I asked you how long we had talked for. It was 30 oh, minutes. okay. I thought you meant earlier when I asked for a pen. Oh, no, no. I was like, I was trying to get the fuck out. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> it's like a den of a serial killer. Yeah. Well, no, I walked by that that uh, abandoned mattress on the front porch, and I was like, "That was Shit. not even my porch." <laughs> I can't walk by here too many times. <laughs> I'm gonna get got. Do you realize how scared I am sometimes walking by, especially whenever he would be sitting on the front doorstep? Hey, <laughs> just, how you doing? Uh, normally, I was like pretending to be on my phone, like, "Oh yeah, it's, it's fine," just like waving him and keep walking. Most of the time, he didn't even. It looked like he didn't even realize that I walked by. And he, he was still always lives like, there? He's um, dead? I saw him yesterday, yes. It was like passing by a cracked in house. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you pass by his cracked in house to a smaller cracked in house. Uh, and that's where I live. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I almost tripped and died on the way in. You almost did. Because there is that step. And you missed it. How many times drunk have you busted your face on the door? Surprisingly none. But maybe I'm just like a high stepper. Step up. Uh-huh. Step up. Step, step, step up. up. Step up. Yeah, anyways. So, Carl Panzer was from East Grand Forks, Minnesota, is the first sentence. Of someone from the UK. <laughs> no. Uh, son of East Prussian immigrants, Johann Gottlieb Panzram and Matilda Elizabeth. Same name for the mom. Uh-huh. Uh, Lizzie Nier Lizzie Boudouin. Um Panzerin was raised on his family's farm with eight siblings where they were forced to work from a young age until truancy laws made it illegal for parents to not send their kids to school here goes the government again button into Wait, my life what year was this? Uh, 19 he was born in shit why is it not there? Like, 1989. Or 1899. Oh, okay. He was eight. So, he was born in 1891. And they're like, all right, you gotta go You gotta go to school. Gotta go to school. Oh, oh God. The government, tell him what we gotta do. No, don't tell me you send my kid to school. He's out in the field picking corn. Uh, wait. <laughs> That's why they have Minnesota? Do, what are they? That was, picking that, oil. Don't they do, like, milk? Picking milk. No, it's Wisconsin. 
They do the cheese thing. It's probably pretty close to the it's same. It's pretty I don't close. Know. It's fine. Um, so Picking milk. <laughs> Panzerheim's parents were not happy about losing their children to school, and during the day they forced them to work in the fields uh, throughout the night instead because they were at school. So, uh, Panzerheim <laughs> later. So then they came home and had to pick co- milk from the fields. Yeah. And Individual <laughs> milk droplets from the milk plant. <laughs> I think it's called milkweed, thank you. No, it's soybeans, and then you make it into milk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, milk the soybean. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even really have udders. It's just like it's that little, like, at the end. <laughs> and then you put them to pasture, and you give them a little hay, and you uh-huh. pet them. And you're going to give them a little hay. Hey, bitch. <laughs> Uh, Panzeram later reported that he would get just two hours of sleep before he would have to get up for school. Punishments in the home ranged from being chained to being starved. The, uh, that's, um, I think, a very good way to... Um, Create a serial killer. Sure. Two hours of sleep, starve them, and chain them up when they're not doing good things. Also, th- I feel like that he's probably being disciplined for probably falling asleep... Um, and I can only imagine why. Yeah. Um, mm, Panzerheim reflected, <laughs> reflected on his <laughs> early childhood <laughs> with the sentiment that he was not liked by other children. And by the age of five or six, he was a, uh, branded a liar and a thief. And he recalled that he became meaner as the older he got. Oh, so at the age of five or six, he's like, yeah, I only got, uh, it was all downhill from there. After this, it's all bad. I mean, when was your peak? Uh, Three? Three years old? Like when I became meaner? No, we are. That's been happening. I've always been. Progressively, since you were born. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but if you think about it, if anyone, all people have been getting meaner since they were born. That's true. Just more. More so some than others. Distasteful with life. Gestures wildly. Yeah. Uh, in 1899, he was charged at, he's eight years old, charged in juvenile court with being drunk and disorderly. He's nine? Eight. Eight. Raina. <laughs> he was drunk. Raina's age. Oh, I love that. It was probably too much milk. It just keeps picking it. It keeps picking that milk. the project. Yeah. Uh, in 1903, at age 11, he was arrested and jailed for being drunk and incorrigible, a term used when detaining youths. <laughs> it's just a drunk kid. Can you can't, imagine? I cannot. They're can't already imagine. fucking weird. <laughs> just be like, so anyways. <laughs> Lego Friends is really cool because they're always helping people. and um, They sound like that when they're tired and not even drunk. And I love Lego Friends. I love, I love Lego Friends. Have you ever had a Twix? I cannot. Oh my god, they're so Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Which one's better, left Twix or right Twix? Stop, not this. I don't care. I I really don't care. I I take the Twix and I go. Both at the same time. (laughs) Do you have any mac and cheese? Oh, that sounds lit right now. Anyways. I have some. It's not prepared. Oh. Do you want the dry pasta with the cheese powder? I just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyways. Um, so, yeah, he... Uh, uh, Why do you keep doing that? <laughs> what? Don't you dare make fun of me, ever. I already do that. For anything. I do it all the time. Um, not long after his second arrest, he stole some cake, apples, and a revolver from a neighbor's house. Um <laughs> In October of that same year, his parents sent him to the Minnesota State Training School, purportedly a reform school, according to his autobiography. However, while he was there, he was repeatedly beaten, tortured, and raped by staff members in what the children dubbed, quote, the paint shop. Ew. Do- but that's also uh, not, besides the rape, well, actually, probably not. Uh, that sounds like most... Not uncommon for the time period. Yes, that sounds like most reform schools that they were taken to. Yeah. That was like that until like the 80s. Yeah. Uh, the paint shop was called the paint shop because um, you would leave the room painted with bruises and blood. Oh. Panzram hated the school so much he decided to burn that place down and successfully did so without detection in July 7th of 1905. He lit the school on fire. He burned it to the ground. I love that. Uh, January 1906, he was paroled from the Red Wing Training School, where he had been detained after stealing money from his mother's pocketbook. Um, In his teens, he'd become an alcoholic. It it took that long to... You were 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 an alcoholic at the age of eight. (laughs) Um, and he was repeatedly in trouble with authorities. This mostly. is not funny, but it kind of is. <laughs> I mean, he's just a little rascal. <laughs> just a little rascal. Oh, he does worse things than that. Uh, he was repeatedly in well, trouble because, for burglary and theft. Yeah. I mean, he was starved. and it, Chained I mean, to a wall. Chained to a wall. So he probably went over to the neighbor's house and stole food because he wasn't getting food at home. And then probably got the gun to be like, hey. Oh, he's in a reformatory school now. So now no, he's burglaring and thieving from people. Oh, he got sent to a different reform school after he burned the other one down. All right. Yeah. Um, At age 14, only 14 so far, um, a couple weeks after his parole, parole at at the age of 14, and two weeks after attempting to kill a Lutheran cleric with uh, a revolver, he ran away from home and became a hobo. Oh, good career path. Yeah. He often tra- traveled via train cars and later recalled having been gang-raped by a group of uh, hobos. I don't like the term hobo. Uh, vagabond. Vag- vagrants. Vagrants. Vagrants on one of these occasions. Uh, so he claimed he escaped the Montana State Reform School. Uh, he along- was in Montana now? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, along with an inmate named Jimmy Benson. Both were involved with a string of burglaries, robberies, and arsons throughout the Midwest until they split up. In 1907, at 15, after getting drunk in a Montana saloon, Panzram enlisted in the U.S. Army, assigned to the 6th Infantry at Fort William Henry Harrison. Uh, Isn't that the president that died after, like, 28 days? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's name a Ford after him. Uh, he became insubordinate um, and was convicted of... Became... Lar- was insubordinate (laughs) after refusing to take orders and was convicted of larceny for stealing $80 worth of supplies and served a prison sentence from April 20th, 1908 to uh, 1910 in the U.S. disciplinary barracks at Fort Leavenworth. Uh, The Secretary of War, William Howard Taft, approved the sentence, um, and he later claimed that... 
No, he's not in his teens anymore. No. Ooh, 1910, he was born in 1891. So he's 19? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so still technically teens, but not like young child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he later claimed that he had been a rotten egg before imprisonment, and afterwards any goodness left in him was smashed out during his imprisonment. <laughs> Bitch, where? <laughs> you, did, you didn't have any. Uh, well, okay, this does sound really sad. Honestly, his entire upbringing is quite depressing. We're making it all uh, funny because it sounds it's who we like are. a Mark Twain novel. It sounds like a joke. <laughs> sounds like we were on, we we strung a, a couple of logs together and floated down the Mississippi uh, and had adventures and had this racist black man on my, my flow. Yeah. <laughs> After his release and dishonorable, dishonorable discharge, Panzeram resumed his career as a thief, stealing items that ranged from bicycles to yachts. He was caught and imprisoned multiple times. <laughs> He served time under his own name and various aliases in Fresno, California, Rusk, Texas, The Dales, Oregon, Harrison, Idaho, Butte, Montana, and the Montana State Prison as Jeff Davies, prisoner number 4194 and 3194, 4194 and 3194, and Jefferson Rhodes, number 30, 4396, Idaho, Oregon Strait State Prison, Jefferson Baldwin, 7390, Bridgeport, Connecticut, John O'Leary, Sing Sing, Correctional Facility, New York, John O'Leary. That, but that's a, a, a maximum security prison. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. 17182. Clinton Correctional Facility, New York, John O'Leary, 75182. And Washington, D.C., as his own name, Carl Panzram, 33379. So he was in a lot of different states. And Leavenworth, Kansas, as Carl Panzram, <laughs> number 31614. <laughs> While incarcerated, Panzram frequently attacked officers and refused to follow their orders. They retaliated, subjecting him to beatings and other punishments. <laughs> Not funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> the ridiculousness of this is funny. It reminds me of that movie uh, that, I guess it was a movie, Brother Where Art Thou? They like just went from prison and they were like all over the U.S. just like traveling Bonnie and Clyde, just people traveling. Yeah. Like, going to jail. Oh, oops. Oops. Got out. I'm going to go to a different but place. But if he's used to traveling on train cars, which is something that you could do back in 1910, um, he's going everywhere. <laughs> yeah. In he's addition gonna... to my wanting to know everything when I die, mm. I also want to be able to like just live a life. Mm. Like, okay, now I want to be... A hobo in 1910, and just see what it's like. Mm. Mm. That sounds like fun. But so I you want to be a time like, traveling spirit. Yes, and but I, but I want to have which like, technically just put, like, stop, pause, all of and our reload a different game. In my belief, are time traveling spirits. So then, at that point, do you just leave your body, and then at that point, your spirit remembers everything that your spirit used yeah. to remember? Bitch, I'm a soul. That's what traveling I'm here and there. 
I want to know what it's but like I, to be I told Marie you Antoinette. When I was younger, I used to tell my siblings that I used to live 10,000 years ago. And I used to... Yeah, like, but you're fucking weird. Yeah. Which also was probably my massively um, active imagination. But I was apparently like talking about like names of people that I knew. Uh, and all sorts of other shit. See, and if that's the case, and we're doing that right now, I don't want the barrier of being like, oh... I'm living this life, and I don't know that I'm just going to go back to my old gig of knowing everything and just choosing to live a life. Wait, say that again? You. So, right now, uh-huh. I'm living a life. Uh-huh. And my dream of when I die is I know everything. When I die. I know everything. You have to say it. You have to say it in your... When I die. When I die. <laughs> I know everything. I can live as anybody through their shoes, through their eyes. Oh, I'm going to Lincoln just before he gets shot. What? <laughs> yeah, I want that. But I also don't want it to be like existential in the sense of, okay, I'm going to choose to live as Lincoln, but I have to be like from baby to 16 or when did he die? 1865. 16, he died at 1865. 16. <laughs> I, I don't want to be like the whole time being like, I got to figure out what this shit is. I'm, I don't oh, like, no, you want I to... know I'm going to die in 1865 and I'm trying to do the civil war and shit. All right. All right. I wanna... But what if you're living in Lincoln's body and then you then get to, you remember this and you get to create a shift in a timeline where Lincoln didn't die. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, come on. I don't want to do that. I mean... I want to you get know to create, what would happen if I did. You get to create a multiverse where he doesn't die. Well, okay, yeah, sure, I want that. Too. <laughs> but I but don't want to know. But then, when you die in that multiverse, you then get to see the world. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's too much to ask. It's not too much to ask. <laughs> anyway, we got some shit going down in his autobiography. <laughs> Biography in his autobiography. In his autobiography, Panzerim wrote that he was quote rage personified, and that he would often rape men whom he had robbed. He was noted for his large stature and great physical strength due to years of hard labor at Leavenworth and other prisons, which aided him in overpowering most men he attempted to. Uh, he also engaged in vandalism and arson. By his own admission, one of the few times he did not engage in criminal activities when he was employed as a strike breaker against the union employees. Uh, I mean, yeah, you. So he was. Anti- I don't want to be violent anymore. I'm just gonna break strikes of union workers, which basically meant he went and be- beat people up. Yeah, that's what a break sh- uh, strike breaker is. Yeah. Uh, one occasion, he tried to sign aboard as a ship's steward in the armored transport vessel, but he was discharged when he reported to work intoxicated. Oh, surprise. We're back on the 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 boozy, boozy lot. Hey, once you start something at eight years old, <laughs> it's hard to change. It's hard to get off the stuff. I, I mean, I can't laugh too much because... Um, I mean, that's a Jeffrey, real thing Jeffrey that Dahmer started drinking at the age of, like, 12. <laughs> um, Panzram claimed in his 1929 autobiography that after short, serving a short sentence at Rusk, Texas, he went to Cuidad Juarez, Chihuahua, Mexico. 
Rusk, I just looked it up. It is not close to the border at all. Which meant he took a nice, nice little trip. Rusk is up by Tyler, which is oh, East Texas. I mean, back then, you weren't going to find anything for the next 300,000 miles, so might as well go. Yeah, he, he, he just... Just uh, get on the train and yeah, I assume off. he got on a train. Uh, in the winter of 1910, to try to enlist in the Federal Mexican Army... Uh, he went, took a train to Del Rio, Texas, and got off in a small town 50 to 100 miles east of El Paso. Bianca li- Del Rio, Texas. Exactly. He claimed to have abducted, assaulted, and strangled a man about a mile from town and then stole $35. 35 whole dollars? In 2021 dollars, that's 566 That's a lot dollars. of monies. Um. In the summer of 1911, he uh, was going by the alias of Jefferson Davis. You can't just choose a... You just can't choose a name like that. He was arrested... Isn't that a famous person? It was the president of the Confederate States of America. Uh, He was arrested in Fresno, California for stealing a bicycle. He's a secretary of war as well. But yes, he was. He's uh, trash. President of the Confederate States from 1861 to 1865. Ooh, yes. for the whole time. Look at you, you new things. Sign <laughs> me up for Jeopardy, bitch. Because I'm fucking. You're going to in lose. It. Oh. Oh no, no, bitch. Have you seen me play Jeopardy before? I, I've been doing trivia on Tuesdays, and I'm actually decently good. We should do a team. What is this trivia? This it's at Barking Pig on Tuesdays. I don't want to. <laughs> but I'll play Jeopardy. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so he was sentenced to jail for six months in a county jail, but escaped after 30 days. He claimed that after his escape while riding on a train boxcar in California, he disarmed an armed man he called either a railway detective or a railway brakeman, who then forced him to rape a hobo at gunpoint and threw them off the train. He, he, the, the guy, he forced him to rape another man and then was like, oh, get off okay. this train. Gotcha. Um, in 1913, he was going by the alias of Jack Allen and arrested in the Dales, the Dales, D-A-L-L-E-S, Dales, Dallas, uh, Oregon for highway robbery, assault and sodomy. <gasps> Doing gay stuff? Doing gay stuff. Oh, my God. Uh, he broke out of jail after two or three months. Uh, while he was on the run, he was the alias Jeff Davis. Um, he was arrested in Harrison, Idaho, but again, he escaped from county jail, and he was arrested in Chinook, Montana, under the alias Jefferson Davis. Why is that your go-to? Well, okay, but this, think this was only 40 years after the Confederate War. Or the the uh, 50. Civil War. Yeah. 50, yeah. But still. That's weird. Uh, I mean, he was born just after it. I mean, it's not like in 50 <clears throat> years I'm going to go by the name Beyonce. Uh, but do you not think that people are doing that? Do you think anyone's... Everyone's... Do you think that anyone's... No, I don't know what I'm saying. Do you think that there are not people out there, there you go, that are not naming their children Beyonce because of Beyonce? Okay, so what was 50 years ago? In the 1970s? 1970s. So I'm going to go by 
Sylvester. You maybe. I guess Sylvester's not like a prominent, prominent, a, a politician from the seventies. Richard Nixon. I'm gonna go out on the lamb and R- declare myself Richard, Richard Nixon. Dick. No. Dick Nix. Un. <laughs> Dick. Un. <laughs> Anyways, he was sentenced to one year in Dick prison Nicks. for burglary. Dick Nix. That's his name, Dick Nix. I know. Dick Nixon. <laughs> um, on April 27th, 1913, Panzram used his <laughs> Jefferson, a- <laughs> Jefferson Davis alias and was admitted to the state prison at Deer Lodge, Montana. Uh, he escaped on November 13th. Uh, within a week, he was arrested for burglary using the name Jeff Rhodes in Three Forks. <laughs> People be having names like that. I know, but all of this is just so ridiculous. He's just like a vagrant. <laughs> no. A vagabond. <laughs> it's just it's insane. He's going to start, he'll start killing people soon. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He was incarcerated at Deer Lodge for an additional year, and he was released on March 3rd, 1915. On June 1st, he burglarized a house in Astoria, Oregon, where he was soon arrested while attempting to sell some of the stolen items. Under the name Jeff Baldwin, he was sentenced to seven years in prison to be served at the Oregon State Penitentiary in Salem, where he was taken on June 24th. The warden believed in harsh treatment of inmates, including beatings and isolation, among other disciplinary measures. Later, Panzram stated that he swore he would, quote, never do that seven years, and I defied the warden and all his officers to make me, end quote. <laughs> Later that year, he helped fellow inmate Otto Hooker escape from prison, and while attempting to evade recapture, Hooker killed Binto. He killed the warden. Yeah. And the event marked Panzram's first known involvement in a murder. All right. And as as an accessory. uh, In his prison record, he falsely gave his age as 30 and his birthplace as Alabama. His only truthful Believable. Hey. (laughs) They got ice cream. They they do not have ice cream. No, they they recently got it. Yeah. Ice cream and incest. Uh, His only truthful statement was when he started his his state his occupation as thief. (laughs) Uh, What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm I'm a thief. thief. Thank you. Uh, Was he drunk during this? Probably. (laughs) Oh, no, I was close to Alabama. Did you ever try mac and cheese before? (laughs) And I love salt water. (laughs) Wait, what was the the guy from last week? He just. Yeah. Mac and cheese from his pockets. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Panzram was disciplined several times while at Salem, including 61 days in solitary confinement before escaping on September 18th, 1917. After two shootouts in which he attempted to shoot Sh- Chief Deputy Sheriff Joseph Frum, um, he was recaptured and returned to prison. May 12th, 1918, he escaped again by sawing through the bars of his cell, and he caught a freight train heading east. He began going by the name John O'Leary and shaved off his mustache to change his appearance. He would never return oh. to the Northwest. <laughs> his face looks so different now. Hey, if I shaved, <clears throat> nobody would know who I am. Yeah, you look like a child. A child with no chin. <laughs> a chinless child. 
chinless child. Uh, he allegedly ended up in New York City and got a, a semen identification card. Semen. Semen. Ah. Uh, and sailed <laughs> on to the steamship, steamship James S. Whitney to Panama. Where he tried oh, Lord. He's going all... He's living life. Yeah. He tried to see, steal a small boat with the help of a drunken sailor. Was the sailor drunken? What would you do with a drunken drunk? sailor? What would you do with a drunken sailor? Uh, they were both arrested on board and still free after... No, the sailor killed everyone on board and then was arrested. And Panzram didn't kill anybody and was still free. And then he was like, gotta go. So he went from... Uh, Panama to Peru to work uh, in a copper mine. And then he traveled to Chile and then Port Arthur. Port A. No, Port A is Port Aransas. Whatever. <laughs> Port Arthur is Beaumont. Beaumont. London, Edinburgh, Paris, and Hamburg. I doubt that he went to any of those places, but he no, said he did. I don't think he did. Uh, in 1920, he committed a robbery in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, he, well, he came from Port Arthur, Texas. And no, made it... he was last known to be in Hamburg, Germany. Oh. And then he went to Newport, Rhode Island. And he burglarized the home of William H. Taft uh, in New Haven, Connecticut. Is he and related to the president? The home of William Howard Taft, the former oh, president. okay. Uh, he believed that Taft was responsible for his Leavenworth imprisonment, and he stole a large amount of jewelry and bonds, as well as Taft's Colt M1911 45 caliber handgun. And then he took off on a murder spree. Oh, all right. Okay, so... Here we are. Yeah, here we are. After all of that... <laughs> he just did a bunch of stuff, and now he's going to murder. Oh, he did a bunch of stuff. All right. Uh, that spanned eight years in multiple countries. With the money stolen from Taft, he bought a yacht, the Akista, and he lured sailors away from New York City bars and got them drunk, raped them, and shot them with Taft's pistol. And then he dumped their bodies near the Execution Rocks light in Long Island Sound. He claimed to have killed ten men. The sailor murders ended only after the Akista ran aground and sank near Atlantic City, during which his last two potential victims... Wait, so he killed everyone... Wait, what'd you say? He's killed uh, 10 people. And the ship then ran aground? Yes. <laughs> During which his last two potential victims escaped to parts unknown. October 26, 1920, Panzram, using the pseudonym John O'Leary, was arrested in Stamford, Connecticut for burglary and possession <laughs> of a loaded handgun. In 1921, he served six months in jail in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And then he caught a ship to South Af Southern Africa... And landed in Luanda, the capital of colonial Portuguese Angola. Um, in 1921, he was the foreman of an oil rig in Angola and later burned it down out of what he said was spitefulness. Uh, he later claimed that in, while in Angola, he raped and killed a boy estimated to be 11 years old. In his confession to his murder, he wrote, quote, His brains were coming out of his ears and I left him and he will never be any debtor. Holy shit. And then he said that he hired a boat with six rowers and shot the rowers with a pistol and threw their bodies into the water for the crocodiles. So, I know that some of it's true, but I don't know if how much of it is. Because mm -hmm. it feels like at this point where he's just like, 
Yeah, sure. And then I shot these people. And then in I the killed head. these people. I'm already in jail for all this shit. So why and not? And then just I pushed someone off the top of the entire state building. Yeah. Um, and then he returned to the U.S. and he said that he raped and killed sm- two small boys, beating one to death with a rock in July uh, 18th of 1922. And then in Salem, uh, he strangled another. So we end up in Salem again. Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Uh, Different Salem this time. After his murder spree in Salem, Panzer worked as a night watchman in Yonkers, north of Manhattan, at the Abico Mill Factory. Uh, and then in Providence, Rhode Island, he stole a yawl and sailed to New Haven, seeking more victims to rape and rob and boats to steal. And in 1923, in New Rochelle, New York, he stole a yacht belonging to the police chief and picked up a 15-year-old boy named George Wallison and promised him a job on the boat. But instead, he raped him. Mm. June 27th of 1923, on a river near Kingston, New York, Panzeram claimed he used a 38 caliber pistol from the stolen yacht to kill a man attempting to rob him on the yacht, threw him into the river, and then on June 28th, Panzerim and Wallison docked at Poughkeepsie, New York. Panzerim stole a... Wait, th- Do- Wallison was still alive? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, oh, he didn't kill him. He just raped him. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and then... So it, I guess I just was like, oh, I raped and killed him. I mean... Just like... <laughs> yeah. Um, next feasible event. Yeah. Uh, so they docked at Poughkeepsie, New York, and he stole $1,000 worth of fishing nets. And then they went to Newburgh, New York, and... Uh, and Wallison, who witnessed the murder from the day before, jumped overboard and swam ashore. He reported to police in Yonkers that he'd been sexually assaulted by Panzram, and an alert went out for a, quote, Captain John O'Leary on June 29th. O'Leary was re- arrested in Nyack, New York. On July 9th, he attempted to escape from jail. And he later conned his lawyer by giving him ownership of a stolen boat in return for bail money. He skipped the bail, and the boat was confiscated by the government agents. On August 26th of the same year, O'Leary was arrested in Larchmont, New York, after breaking into a train depot. Wait, so he got out because his lawyer gave him bail money. And he gave him a boat. Yeah, that was stolen. And then the government was like, all right, now you can't have that. And then the government was like, he skipped bail, so give us the boat. And yeah. the lawyer was like, oh. Uh, yeah, he oh, lost. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> the 1920s is just fucking wild. That was a fucking swindler. Yeah. Uh, August 29th, he was uh, cleared as a suspect in the stabbing death of Dorothy Kaufman in Greenberg, uh, New York. Committed a month prior. Uh, but he was caught and was sentenced to five years imprisonment. Just five. Just five. Uh, while in county jail, he confessed to the alias of Jeff Baldwin and that he was wanted in Oregon. In October, Panzram was imprisoned at Clinton Prison in Denimora, New York, as an inmate number 33379. And he was discharged in July of 1928, and he allegedly committed a murder that summer in Baltimore, Maryland. Well, they, so, I mean, we already talked about this back whenever we talked about serial killers in the, the 70s. Just say your name's different and you're a whole you're different person. A whole different person. But I'm talking about the, the serial killers in the 70s. Like, obviously, these states are not talking to each other either. Yeah. So, like, we had something in our state or our situation, our city. People look out for this guy. Yeah. But we're not going to tell you. Tell anyone about else. Him. Exactly. 
August 30th of 1928, he was arrested in Baltimore for a Washington, D.C. burglary, stealing a radio and jewelry from the home of a dentist on August 20th. During his interrogation, he confessed to killing three young boys earlier that month, one in Salem, one in Connecticut, and one uh, 14-year-old newsboy in Philadelphia. Um, he confessed to killing a boy at Pier 28 on League Island near Philadelphia in 1928. That was confirmed. Boston police were unable to corroborate his other confession of a murder of a boy in Charleston, Massachusetts. He later wrote that he had contemplated mass murders and other acts of mayhem, such as poisoning a city's water supply with arsenic or <laughs> scuttling a British warship in New York Harbor to provoke a war between the U.S. and Britain. <laughs> in light of his extensive record, Panzer was sentenced to 25 years to life upon arriving at Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary, identified as inmate 31614. He warned the warden, quote, I'll kill the first man that bother bothers me. And he was assigned to work in the laundry room, where the foreman, Robert Warnicky, was known to bully and harass other prisoners under him. Warnicky soon antagonized Panzram, despite the latter repeating warning to back off. In June 20th of 1929, he beat him to death with an iron bar. It's so... It's just like... It it's feels campy. Like campy. It's, it's campy, campy as hell. It feels fake. <laughs> it feels like Chicago the Musical. Uh, don't you bother me. I'm going to kill you. Hey! <laughs> he was convicted and sentenced to death. He was refused to allow any appeals to his sentence. And in response to offers of the death penalty opponents and human rights activists to intervene, he wrote, quote, The only thanks you and your kind will ever get from me or your efforts on my behalf is that I wish you all had one neck that I had my hands on. So people were trying to be like death penalty. Don't give him don't death give penalty. Him the death penalty. He was like, "I'll kill you. I'll bitch. kill you, bitches. I wish I was killing you right now." Holy shit! While on death row, he was befriended by an officer named Henry Philip Lesser, who would give him money to buy cigarettes. He was so astonished by this act of kindness that Lesser provided him with writing materials, and he wrote a detailed summary of his crimes and his nihilistic philosophy while awaiting his execution. Panzeram explicitly denied having any remorse for his actions, and he began his journal with the statement that, quote, In my lifetime, I have murdered 21 human beings, and I have committed thousands of burglaries, robberies, larcenies, and arsons. And last but not least, I have committed sodomy on over a thousand male human beings. And for these things, I'm not in the least bit sorry. <laughs> he was hanged to death on September 5th, 1930. As officers attempted to place a customary black hood over his head, he spat in the executioner's face and said, Yes, hurry it up, you Hoosier bastard. I could kill a dozen men while you're screwing around. And he was buried at the Leavenworth Penitentiary, and his grave is marked only with his prison number 31614. This is insane. It seems like a like a... Ooh, fun little it's comedy. It's like a comedy, like, comedy, terrible horror movie. Like, what the fuck was all that? <laughs> I love it, though. Yeah. That's a whole situation. It's Band Brothers. It's just, like, hillbilly out there being it's a fucking nut job. Uh-huh. <laughs> Broke into an ex-president's house. 
stole his gun and some money. Uh huh. And then was just tried to start a war with with his gun. with, uh, with uh, UK. I love that. Could you imagine? No, being a hellraiser to that extent. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, no. Not to that extent. But damn, that's funny. But Hurry not if you Hoosier bastard. <laughs> I could have killed twelve funny, people in the amount but of time. Not funny, but also very funny. Also, his insult was an insult to someone in Indiana. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe got he was him. From Indiana. But he's from Minnesota. <laughs> No, maybe the the person was from Indiana. Oh, I don't know. But he was imprisoned in Kansas. Yes. That's, he just sounds insane. Hurry up, you Hoosier bastard. And especially if he was in those different countries as well, that's even more like... I mean, it's very fantastical, and I don't believe him. I don't believe in... It, yeah, did, I don't believe Did him. he probably kill a bunch of people? Maybe. Yeah. Did he steal a bunch of shit? Obviously. But also, how the fuck you end up in, in Portuguese Angola if you were coming from the United States? Like, that didn't make any sense. He probably just read it one time and then was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I, I saw that. it, yeah. I know the Portuguese own Angola. All also, right. gay again. Why Yeah, gay? another gay. We have... Maybe that's what this... It did, was my last one gay as well? Was yours gay? No, he was killing everyone. Yours, yours was killing everyone. Maybe that's what the tier three was, a bunch of gays. Because Dean Coral was depraved. gay, too. No. That's not depraved. Listen. Not all gay people are serial killers. <laughs> no, exactly. no, not all serial killers are gay. <laughs> not all gay people are serial killers. <laughs> we just have very distinct... We like things a certain way. <laughs> Oh, oh it's God. awful. Uh, um, I just like the hey, <laughs> stupid. Um, well, that's we did a podcast again. We sure did, yeah. We sure yeah, did. We, we sure did. Um, well, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Economy Works, a freelance talent network that connects professionals with project work. If you are a company that needs help writing job descriptions, conducting marketing analysis, or managing your social media platforms, EconomyWorks has an extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. EconomyWorks. When we work, the economy works! Find out more about EconomyWorks at EconomyWorks.com. That's E-C-O-N-O-M-I-W-O-R-K-S dot com. EconomyWorks. Yeah. That was good. Classic. Literally. And of course, we'd also love to thank our, our dear friends over at the Let's Talk About Gay Stuff podcast. Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. The Let's Talk About Gay Stuff podcast is the destination if you're trying to learn anything gay or LGBTQ+. Mm. You want to know what's happening right now? What happened a uh, long time yesterday. ago? And what happened back in Alexander the Great time frame? Literally. And um, maybe a little bit of literature. Would you like some literature? Literature. That's the Let's Talk About Gay Stuff 
uh, stream. That Check is our brand. Let's Talk About Gay Stuff is available at letstalkaboutgaystuff.com. Let's Talk About Gay Stuff on Facebook and Instagram and Talk Gay Stuff on Twitter if you would like to send, send them, them an, an email. email. That's letstalkaboutgaystuff at gmail.com. Um, and of course, you're listening to your our favorite podcast, podcast, our spoopy podcast. Um, it's you our know what you're going to get. Spoopy podcast, not you, my spoopy podcast. Not yours. No, just mine. Spencer's <laughs> spoopy podcast. And you know what you're going to get. So take it and stop asking. Just take it and enjoy it. That's our spoopy podcast at ourspoopypodcast.com. Our spoopy podcast on Instagram. Our spoopy on Twitter. No. No, it's our spoopy podcast on Twitter. Instagram. It's our spoopy on Twitter and our spoop on Facebook. You'd think we'd know that by you now. You think you'd know that by now. You think you're not a fucking bitch. <laughs> I am though. If you'd like to send us an email, that's our spoopy podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Well, we did it. We did. Um it's time to tell get, them to get, get spoopy, spoopy with it.